Hi, welcome to Monster Masquerade. I'm Justin. And I'm Mint. I'm so excited for today's topic. We're talking about vampires. <laughs> Sexy vampires. Sexy beach vampires. <laughs> this is our first... You know what? This still works. We were trying to come up with like a, a theme for our summer episodes. And, and we were thinking mm-hmm. about like water-based so we could do like sharks or whatever. This kind of fits. I thought that you picked this because of that. Nah, just... <laughs> being honest because they're on the beach and it's like definitely like summery i just really like this movie okay yeah valid and it's very gay it is so today we're talking about 1987's the lost boys such a good movie i started watching this when i was super young because my dad who is gay uh was obsessed with it <laughs> <laughs> i I don't remember. I think the first time I watched it was with my cousin, and she was very terrified of David. Uh, oh, no. Like, when he does his scary face with the contacts. Mm-hmm. She didn't like it. She was even scared of, like, because we had it on DVD, so, like, his face is on the back cover. She was scared of that. <laughs> oh, no. She, like, turns it around and is like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, it's funny because the main vampire's name is David and my dad's name is David and he kind of looks like that. Like he had like bleached blonde hair in the 80s. Oh, that's funny. They have very similar vibes, so. It's so, I I did a bunch of research for this uh, just because I love it so much. Um, So initially David, who's played by Kiefer Sutherland, had like super long hair, uh, but Joel Schumacher said that he looked too much like a wrestler so they trimmed <laughs> down the sides and top to make it look more like Billy Idol. But for some reason, my brain was like, he, the, the, Justin is going to say that he wanted to look like Billy Eilish. <laughs> and then, but she did not exist. She definitely did not. She I did didn't not exist. exist. I didn't exist. But that's really funny. So he just looked like he was going to go fight people. And they were like, he can't look that tough. Yeah, because I mean, like, even some of the characters do look like wrestlers, like Shawn yeah. Michaels, or either just with the very long hair and like kind of musculature going on. Yeah, and their whole like costuming. Yeah. So this movie is directed by Joel Schumacher, who I know from uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but he he is also an openly gay man. Uh, and that's super exciting. This thing was written by three different people when they first pitched it. It was going to be more like um, Goonies and be more kid-oriented. I can see that. But the the original director dropped off the project, and when Joel got on, he was like, we need to make this more sexy. And, <laughs> so, and so he brought on somebody to help like write, age the characters up and stuff. Yeah, I mean... I think it was a good direction to go too kid friendly it would be like a totally different movie yeah and i think by doing that they also like created something that is very like i mentioned it's it's like inherently queer but it's also very counterculture because it was made mm. in the 80s when everything would have been like super reaganified yeah and this is definitely like not that this is a movie for weirdos by weirdos and it's great yeah, thank goodness, because a lot of 80s stuff is very Reaganified. But I mean, I grew up because of my dad watching like this Rocky Horror stuff like that. So I got lucky. <laughs> this is also like one of those rare 80s movies that like, to my to my recollection, doesn't have anything that's like super problematic or cringy. Because we, we talked about that kind of stuff with like, Indiana Jones and Gremlins and like some of the older stuff that we've covered, but this is just like a straightforward movie that doesn't do that. Yeah, nothing 
watching it, nothing made me like wince. Like, oh gosh, because it's the 80s. Of course, they're saying that. Like, nothing really makes me wince that much in this movie. Mm-hmm. This is also like my favorite subgenre of horror is like 80s dark comedy. Um, mm-hmm. so, so like another good example would be like The Evil Dead or Fright Night, which is also vampires. I didn't realize how much what we do in the shadows drew just from this. <laughs> it's because so good. I've watched that a lot, but I recently rewatched the show like very recently. And so then watching this kind of right after I was like, oh, they took a lot of inspiration from The Lost Boys specifically. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Aside from like the, <laughs> the the maggot and worm scene, yeah, yeah, they took that and it's <laughs> it's just funny what they did with that and like the flying and hissing fights. That's so funny. <laughs> Please, Nick, eat some biscotti. I didn't realize you enjoyed eating worms, Nick. No, no, they are worms. <laughs> There's worms. Wiggling around in my place. Worm like, but it's not actually. We stole that idea from the Lost Boys, but I put a nice twist on it. Nick, how did it feel to have a snake for a penis? But yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, you should definitely watch it. To summarize, uh, a family of three, a mom and her two teenage sons, move to Santa Carla uh, and run into a family of vampires. Santa Carla is was filmed in Santa Cruz and is essentially just Santa Cruz in California. I don't know why they changed the name, but... Oh, I do. I actually found that in the fun fact. Apparently Santa Cruz just didn't want to be called murder capital of the world. They were like, can you please not? And they were like, uh, yeah, okay. So they changed it. You know, that is very, that's very fair. (laughs) The mom has recently divorced her husband we don't learn anything about except that maybe he was terrible and he took everything from them so they're moving in with their kooky grandpa i love the grandpa the grandpa's so funny like the best part the cast for this movie is very iconic as well um Mm -hmm. so like we mentioned it's got Kiefer sutherland who was in like stand by me and has done a ton of other stuff he plays a good bully and i think that's what landed him the the job in this one it's got the two Corys, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. Jason Patrick plays the older brother, Mike, Michael. Yeah, he's a cutie, I will say. He has such a chiseled jaw. He does. Like his whole, all of his proportions are working out. I was like, okay, yeah. I will say, I don't think we would have gotten like a broody, like Edward Cullen without, <laughs> without Michael. Yeah, that's true. Michael paved the way. Michael walked so that Edward could run. (laughs) (laughs) True. Alex Winter shows up as a a vampire. He doesn't say much uh, before he gets killed, but he's from (laughs) Bill and Ted. And then it's got Diane West as the mom. And she was in Edward Scissorhands. And she's just like, whenever I think of movie moms, she is the first thing that pops into my brain. She is such a mom. She also, I don't know why, I think she reminds me of uh, the animated version of The King and I. I don't think I've seen that. I have no idea why, but it it is linked in my, she doesn't play, she doesn't play that character. (laughs) She could though. As far as the cast goes, I was just reading too that um, Jamie Gertz, who they got for Star, she's like the pretty opposite of Michael lead mm-hmm. basically um she was in twister i looked that up oh, apparently she was in Twister. she's the the wife that's like kind of hanging around and then she's like i'm done chasing tornadoes that's her <laughs> um mm-hmm. but apparently they didn't want to cast her and michael's actor is the one who had worked with her before and mm-hmm. was like no we need to cast her but they were like we really want a blonde they wanted it they said a meg ryan type he was like, no, I want to work with her again. Like, I think she'd be good at this. And then that's how she got cast. Yeah. M- and most of the people, like, at the time were very unknown. Mm-hmm. Corey Feldman would have done which whichever Friday, uh, Friday the 13th where Jason dies. He would have done that at that point. I don't know if he would have done Goonies, probably. But everyone else was pretty unknown. But it sounds like they had to fight to get them in the cast except for uh diane west who read the script and was like yeah i'll do this yeah hey this seems fun 
Yeah. Apparently Joel like took six weeks to convince uh, Jason Patrick to play Michael. And he was just like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Why? I have no idea. And then once he got it, it helped like once he hopped on, um, they gave him like some creative control with the movie and his character. Kiefer Sutherland says that like Jason Patrick was a huge like figure in, in putting together the tone of the movie. So, like, more power to him. Yeah, I'm glad they got who they did. This movie is painfully 80s, and by that I mean it is the most gender, and I I love it. (laughs) It is very gender. The fashion is amazing. I want to dress like everyone in this movie. It's so good. We We were watching it together, and I was joking, like, this movie is half the reason why I got my ears pierced. (laughs) Like, if I could grow up my hair like that, I definitely would. I don't know how they wear so many layers in California. Yeah, what are they doing? Also, would you rock a mullet? Would you do it? Or, okay, my dad, if he listens to this, he will be so mad. In the 80s, it was called a (laughs) bi-level, and it was fashion before it was called a mullet. That's what he tells me every time. (laughs) I have never heard that yep yep it was called a bi-level before it was a mullet and it was very fashionable and then it became a mullet mullets are very popular with it with uh non-binary folks like yeah if you you see them on the the tiktoks or instagrams it's coming back well they got really popular in the k-pop scene like five years ago and i think it started like a ripple yeah yeah a lot of k-pop stars still have a mullet. I had no idea. There was one guy in the grade below me in high school who had it, but he was very much like... It was the southern mullet. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he was a baseball playing good um, boy. It's funny how that works, right? It's like a very, I'm a man's man in the south <laughs> hairstyle, but then also like a very gender <laughs> hairstyle. Yes, for sure. Uh, the Lost Boys is a reference to peter pan uh if that wasn't like super clear that makes sense yeah there's some if you if you're looking at it it's some amb- ambiguity to like whether uh michael and sam are the lost boys or if the vampires are which is very interesting but the whole idea is to like they <laughs> live fast die young except they don't <laughs> die they just stay young forever well they do die Spoilers. Rip. Oh, I mean, okay, this movie came out in the 80s. No, it's okay. We're definitely going to talk about their deaths because the, the practical effects in this movie are also very good. Yes. And the music. Yes, the soundtrack is incredible. It's so good. That, that guy is pouring his whole heart into Cry Little Sister. He is. <laughs> Which, like, the lyrics to that are non- nonsensical. If you like actually pay attention to it, but it's just You're like <laughs> it's saying so the good. commandments in the background, right? Something like that. lyrics yeah they just i mean it's like your basic like religion stuff (laughs) it seems very religiony okay it makes sense it was a song that was created specifically for the movie the guy who wrote it (laughs) didn't even he used a pen name because he didn't want his name attached to it oh when the song got popular uh, he re-released it on like his second album or something. <laughs> Imagine being like, this might be really bad, so this is not my name. And then it gets popular and you're like, just kidding. Haha, it was me all along. Yes. I did that thing. Uh, but yeah, it opens up on a death. Our vampire, our lost boys uh, are causing some mischief on the boardwalk. They get into a fight with this greaser dude because they're flirting with his girlfriend. And then this, like, I guess he's a security guard who has a baton for some reason, like, throws them all out of the park. And then it cuts to, like, at night, 
and the guard is walking towards his car and we get this like cool shot from above where he's like picked up and murdered uh and that's how the movie starts and then we meet our characters we meet sam and michael they're so good together i say we meet we meet our family and they're moving in with grandpa like we mentioned uh grandpa is very funny and very sarcastic and I, i guess very very attractive to the elder folks in the area. Yeah. What's, He's a bit I, of a, a wild stallion. I can relate to him and his root beer shelf. <laughs> I, I have a shelf in the fridge and I'm like, those are my beverages. <laughs> that sentence could have ended anyway and I was just prepared to, to roll <laughs> No, just this, the root beer shelf. Just the root beer shelf. Maybe no. the taxidermy, but I don't think I could do taxidermy because uh, <laughs> I got shaky hands. Yeah, it would also probably stink, all those chemicals. Yeah, probably, but smells don't bother me that much. Mm. I liked biology a lot growing up, so there was always like a lot of formaldehyde smell mm-hmm. in the, like, the classes and stuff. Yes, you could put a little hat on them and googly Oh my eyes. god, that, no, not googly eyes. <laughs> That's where I draw the line, Justin. Okay. Uh, Grandpa is great. He's he's such a weirdo. He he buys he has a subscription to the TV Guide, but he doesn't have a TV because uh, if you read what's on TV, you don't actually have to watch it. It's so funny. And so Michael and Sam are fully prepared for this to be like an absolute bummer of a summer uh, oh. until. Until night rolls around and everything livens up. Um, the the opening like montage of people on the boardwalk to to people are strange is also very fun. Yeah. All their like cool outfits, like all the punk kids just hanging out. Yeah, this movie gave me like uh, a false idea of what like local carnivals and stuff would be like because it just everything looks so fun and then you go to like a, a hometown like yeah. carnival and it's lame. I remember the first time I went to the beach it was just like in Tampa, Florida and I thought for sure every pier was gonna have like a bunch of cool people and like rides and stuff on it but it's just like a mm-hmm. it's just wood. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. What? What? (laughs) At least Bob's Burgers is honest about it, where everything is cheap and you might die, but like they still love it. Exactly. Um. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. There at at night, that first night there, Michael meets Star, um, and (laughs) while they're at a concert for a sexy sax man, (laughs) that man. He is like he is definitely like the most greased up muscle dude I have ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Um, and the scene goes on for so long. Like, <laughs> why is he so shiny? So I actually have an answer to that. I'm I concerned. Whole... <laughs> Welcome to the sexy sax man segment. Uh, <laughs> I have so much information on this man because he took the internet. And culture by storm. Oh my god, just insert saxophone music behind us here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this man uh, is named Tim Capello. He started playing saxophone from a very young age. He was addicted to heroin and decided to quit oh, cold no. turkey and pick up bodybuilding instead. Hell yeah, okay. So that's why he's so beefy. He's oh. like one of those like christian powerlifter guys i don't know if he's actually what? christian but you know the one that i'm talking about that like no. looks in half they're you christian i mean i'm what i'm so confused yeah. they're a christian group that's why they go to churches and stuff like i've never after schools no i have never heard of this <laughs> what but anyways um he toured with like a number of bands and people including like Ringo Starr and Tina Turner and Billy Crystal um and he and stayed it was while... clean yeah oh good for that guy yeah for sure and he said that while he was uh touring with Tina Turner every night before the show they would boil him up and so like <laughs> And they would just take off his shirt because he's just this massive, attractive dude. 
Um, and so, like, that became his thing whenever he would perform, like, even by himself. The reason he got this role is because he was going to Warner Brothers to audition for a part in Lethal Weapon, uh, which he didn't end up getting. Aww. But they brought him on for something else, and they were like, hey, can you play the saxophone man uh, for our vampire movie? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I guess so. And so literally the song he does is <laughs> is the cover of I Still Believe, because apparently like on the way to his audition, he was listening to that track and he was like, hey, this is pretty good. And so when they got to the studio, they were like, what song do you want to do? And he's like, I have just the thing. Oh my God, that's amazing. They recorded his cover and then he said like the shoot itself was pretty short like it was just a couple of hours of him like playing on stage and there's just like giant flamethrowers and stuff going on <laughs> that was the end of like his experience with the with the movie like because he didn't come back after that yeah and then <laughs> and then apparently him and his family went and saw lost boys on opening weekend because he was like hey i'm in this movie and their <laughs> their response to it was like well, it was cool while you were on screen for like 10 minutes, but then you just kind of disappeared. And he was like, yeah. And Aww. he didn't really think about it for like years after because he just he went back to touring and like, oh, my God, he, he didn't understand why people were just like obsessed with his presence in this movie. Like he would show up to to conventions and stuff and like take pictures and be happy with the autographs. But he was just like, eh, it's neat, but it's not, it's not my jam. That's so funny. I mean, because he just stands out. Like, it's and he's, he's a really good singer too, and he's really good at the yeah. saxophone. But the fact he's so buff and so like naked, basically, <laughs> <laughs> like so oily. It's just like he's got like chains on him. It's, yeah. it's absolutely wild. But yeah, I mean, he seems like a good dude. Yeah, like all, <laughs> he just he did this thing and he got paid for it. And that was about the extent of his experience with it. Apparently, he did the theme song for Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. That checks out. That that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't do uh, all of those movie soundtracks. Yeah, I think he just got like he continued acting for a little bit, but just got like little minor parts on TV and stuff. Um, but for the most part, was just like in it for the music. Huh. And then SNL did a skit where John Hamm played like a parody of him. And he didn't know until like years later when his friends told him about it. And they were like, aren't you mad that they're making fun of you? And he was like, nah, it's totally cool. So <laughs> like, he's just, he's just chill. Yeah, he's what a chill, chill everything. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> and that is the actual end of the Sexy Sax Man segment. Nice. Anyways, uh, <laughs> our lead character meets his love interest. <laughs> uh, but that's not as important as the song that's playing. Yeah, I mean, he just stares at her. They don't, he just stares. Mm-hmm. And stares. It's very mysterious. We find out later that she was, like, supposed to be, or he was supposed to be her first kill, um, but they ended up falling in love in the brief conversation that they yeah, had. Yeah, okay. If some guy is staring at me, I mean, I guess if they look like that, you have to weigh. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he's being a creepo, but then also, mm, I don't Oh, is it fine? But he has been kind of a creepo, and his brother's even like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to to quote uh, Claire Redfield from Resident Evil, "It's never gonna happen, bro." <laughs> it's never gonna happen, bro. But Star gets whisked away by David, uh, and and Michael is just a sad boy who decides to get his ears pierced. He's later. like, "Oh, she only likes boys in leather jackets <laughs> with earrings." <laughs> mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Sam goes to a comic book store because his personality is he is a scaredy cat and a geek. And that's where he meets the Frog Brothers who like say they work for the comic book shop for their parents, but are also vampire hunters. And they try to convince Sam that like this town is full of vampires and we're the only ones stopping it. Are you guys sniffing on newsprint or something? You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? Well, I'll tell you something. You don't know shit, buddy. Yeah. 
You think we just work in a comic book store for our folks, huh? Actually, I thought it was a bakery. This is just our cover. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. But he impresses them with his comic book knowledge, so they decide he can live, I guess. Yeah. On that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it looks like they're going to like kick his butt, and then he like knows about comic books, and they're like, here, take this comic. And he's like, I don't read horror comics. Mm-hmm. They're like, this one could save your life. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know why he would... If I had that interaction with, like comic book store employees i don't know if i would go back but he does <laughs> yeah i don't know the 80s were wild anytime something like that happens i'm like you know what people in the 80s were crazy like they're like mm. getting kidnapped all over the place they're just letting their kids do whatever mm-hmm. they just trusted the weird things people said <laughs> i guess it's i guess it's fine we never meet the frog parents but they're like passed out in that one scene <laughs> Those like hippies, you see them sleeping. Uh, That's it. Over over multiple visits, they become friends, and they just keep pestering him about reading that comic. Meanwhile, meanwhile, mom is searching for a job so she can take care of her boys, and she gets a a, a job at a as like a video clerk, and like a like a local not blockbuster, but like something smaller because that would have been a thing. Oh yeah, she she finds the the job by uh, helping a small child who has lost his mother. Because parents just didn't watch their kids in the 80s. They just let them get stolen by vampires. (laughs) And then uh, and she meets Max, who's Mm -hmm. not important. We promise. Yeah. Why would he be important? He's just a guy. (laughs) A weird guy. He's really weird. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Like... Even if he wasn't a vampire, spoiler, like, he's just, like, he is very much a, he would be a a Reagan conservative for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. And he's just weird in general. Like, the way he talks to people, the way he talks to her. I gotta assume there's some, like, vampire, like, hypnotism going, like, thrall or something, because he is not... He's he does not have an appealing personality. I mean, she's just she's on the rebound, and he wears fancy coats. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the, that's the other thing. If he's if he's working at like a a video giant or whatever, why is he wearing three piece suits everywhere? Yeah, clothes? yeah and she's yeah. like she's like that's pretty fancy. Okay, I guess I'll date you. What a weirdo. Uh, I guess like you do hear those stories where it's like, oh, your grandpa followed me home one day and he wouldn't go away until we went out on a date. And now we've been married for 70 years. And it's like, that's not a good story. But That's kind of like my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he followed her home, though. I think he just kept being like, please date me or something. Because uh-huh. my, my Nana was from the north. And mm. so people were weird to her here back in the day. He was just like, she's cool. They were different times. They were different times. So we have a confrontation between Michael and David over Star, apparently. And they're gonna they're gonna see how tough Michael is by doing a motorcycle race on the beach. Wait a second. Are their names Michael and David because of Jesus reasons? I just realized that. Oh, you know, probably. For some reason you saying their names together, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is also Jesus-y. What are the other vampires names? Uh, let's see. That's a good question. Uh, uh, Marco is one of them because that's Alex Winter. I don't think. I don't think Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne. <laughs> My favorite biblical angel, Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne. <laughs> you got a Paul. There's that's Paul. There's biblical. a Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and Marco. Okay, so like half. Definitely the David and Michael, though. Yeah, for sure. So they're doing a motorcycle race and ruining people's evenings until they, like, almost drive off a cliff and then they have a boy fight. (laughs) I love the boy fights. It's so funny because it's like they don't even hit each other. They're just, like, up in each other's face. And it's like, okay, I guess we're done with this for now. You better (laughs) watch your back. Everyone look at our cool hair. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I guess that's enough to impress them because then they go to their secret underground headquarters, uh, which is like a hotel that, or was it a casino? One of those that like sunk beneath the earth after after a big earthquake in San Francisco. And that's where we get the, the initiation scene. We get the worms and the maggots. Yeah, oh yeah. And then eventually it's um it's time to drink that blood. Which oh, they give him they give him a weed. Oh yeah, a weed. And I have opinions on the blood thing. That's the only thing in this movie I don't like. Mm-hmm. Because okay, I'm gonna rant for a second. They like yeah, they hand it. him this like <laughs> gaudy bottle. <laughs> and jewel encrusted. And he had just drank out of it and was like, drink this. And Star literally goes, don't, it's blood. And then he <laughs> drinks it anyway. And then later on in the movie, he's like, you did this to me, Star. And she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, she didn't. She definitely told you. I remember like 30 minutes ago, she told you. Mm-hmm. That's my she only complaint. Did. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess after like being tricked by the maggots and the worms, uh, He's like, oh, okay, they're just goofing with me. It can't be that bad. Yeah, but then he should not have blamed her because that's silly. She's the only person that was like, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's bad. There are definitely some, like, queer undertones between Michael and David's whole relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, he's very much infatuated with Star, but there's also something that's, like, super intimate about the two of them. Whether you're talking about, like, that scene where he's like, drink it, you'll be one of us. Drink the blood. <laughs> or like at the very end where he's like, I don't want to fight you, Michael. We oh, can yeah. still be friends and stay together. We can live forever and party every <laughs> night. Um, it's very, it's neat. And it's like, it stands in direct opposition to uh, what would have been like the suburban norm at the time. With True. like the nuclear family, uh, it's just a bunch, just a bunch of dudes. I think I saw recently on Twitter it was like all vampires are LGBT, and I believe that like they're at least bi, like at least, <laughs> at least. But yeah, I mean, like the, the the whole thing with the vampires is that they're like living this life of fun and obviously like having this chosen family that they are murdering people with their chosen family but it's still like very much like they have abandoned the the life that society has placed on them i just think it's neat it is neat and max's whole thing is that like is that he (laughs) wants them to be a a typical american family with like a mother and a father and their many boys it was you i was after all along lucy what i knew that if I could get Sam and Michael into the family, there's no way you could say no. Where's Michael? It was all going to be so perfect, Lucy. Just like one big happy family. Your boys. And my boys. Great. The blood-sucking Brady Bunch. It's so funny because at the beginning, he's like, I told John not to come in here. And then they <laughs> all like stare at each other for a really long time. And I'm like, don't... what's going on here? Because <laughs> <laughs> this man is not intimidating. He's not. And they're all like, fine. And I'm like, they killed a cop for less. <laughs> he wears all beige. That's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> he does wear all beige. They really tried to be like, this is not a vampire. This is a man with glasses. How could he be a vampire if he has bad vision? Yes. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> he has glasses. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> um, but yeah, Michael drinks the stuff and starts turning into a vampire, but only a half vampire. Because yeah. we find out that you have to kill someone in order to like fully change. So he, they, they go to a cliff which I don't know. I couldn't find anything about how they shot or not the cliff. They go to the railroad tracks um, and just hang from the bottom of it. And I couldn't find anything about like how they actually shot that. Maybe they just like superimposed the footage or whatever. They could um, have. Yeah. Just like had them on monkey bars and then like 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, just jiggle a lot, act like the kids. So they're like, wow. <laughs> so they're hanging on to these like wooden planks, uh, like above a foggy chasm, and this train rolls overhead and uh, like starts shaking everything, and they're just like dropping one by one and laughing. Uh, and then I think Michael just like, and maybe he just loses his grip and falls over. Um, I don't know if you have to like quote-unquote die to wake up as a vampire or not but maybe maybe that's a thing in like other vampire you get bit but then you gotta jump off of a bridge Mm -hmm. oh also apparently uh Kiefer sutherland broke his wrist like in three places while he was riding the motorcycle because he wanted to impress some girls on the beach so he tried to pop a wheelie and just completely ate shit Oh, no. So, like, for the scenes where he's riding the motorcycle, they had to have, like, a special cast that would let him, like, push the brake and stuff and not look like a cast because they're (laughs) filming a movie. Oh, no. That is also a very 80s, like, story, I feel like. Yeah, he's like, hey, ladies, and then he just falls (laughs) over and busts his hand. He's like, oh, man. (laughs) Hot beans. (laughs) That'd be more endearing, though. If I saw that, I'd be like, ah, okay, that's better. Well, except for the pain, probably. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Kiefer told that story until, like, a Comic-Con or something. Like, here in Dallas, like, in 2019. He was like, yeah, I broke my wrist because I was a dingus. That's so funny. So, yeah, he wakes up and his eyes are all wonky because everything's too bright. So, he asks for sunglasses and he's on the phone with his mom because he wakes up at like 2 p.m um mood and she and she's already working at the at the movie place i don't think they've gone on their first terrible date yet no that's that they have their first terrible date that night and oh, Sam's yeah, yeah, taking yeah. a bath and singing a song in a yes. very high falsetto and it's it, so funny <laughs> it goes on for so long that scene is so funny as michael gets his first like lust for blood and he starts like walking up the stairs very slowly uh, but he gets stopped because the good boy the goodest boy nanook like tackles him down the stairs and bites his hand a cute puppy he's so cute i love him then sam comes out in like a bathrobe and they see michael's uh, reflection and he's like kind of transparent your creature of the night michael just like out of a comic book you're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. He's like, I'm gonna tell mom. Because <laughs> they start fighting, and then uh, Michael, like, accidentally starts flying outside of the house. Yeah. Uh, and so they're on the phone with his mom as he's, like, banging on the window, and Sam is like, he's gonna kill me. Mike's gonna kill me. <laughs> that that so seems mom... so good. <laughs> so funny. Because she just, like fails because there's no cell phone so like she has to get up because the restaurant people tell her she has a call and then like it just cuts to to what's his face at the table as she's like running to her car behind it's so funny and then she gets there and they decide that they're gonna be cool for whatever reason uh because michael needs help i guess yeah he's he's like like, i don't want to be a vampire "Mm mm-hmm and so he just tells his mom that he got scared by the comic book. <laughs> and that is the end of their first terrible date. I would not go on another date after that. No, I probably wouldn't either. But they they do. Yeah, more dates. Multiple more dates. Michael goes to talk to Star to figure out like what's happening to him. And that's where we find out that she was going to kill him. And then they start making out. They have a sexy makeout scene. And then they have a sex as the clouds roll over and it becomes night. That scene also lasts for a very long time, but we get to hear Cry Little Sister for the fourth time. (laughs) You know shit's going down whenever the little sister's crying. (laughs) (laughs) So while that's happening, Sam goes to the frog shop and is trying to, like, get their help. And they're just like, you gotta kill your brother. And he does not want to do that. So they're like, okay, then you gotta kill the lead vampire. And so they gotta figure that out. And they're like, I think we know who it is. Oh, because that happens after the mom goes to to Max's house and gets attacked by his dog. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what makes Sam think that he's the vampire because he has a hellhound. And it's a oh, good boy yeah. named Thorn, right? Yeah. Is that the dog's name? I think it is supposed to be like a hellhound, though. But he's yeah. a good boy. He's a good boy. He's so excited to be filmed, <laughs> even though he's eating the fence and tearing at her dress. You'll be so happy. <laughs> and they get away, and it's all good. Because they do that, and then she invites him to dinner. Is that her? Yeah, right? yeah. She's like, come over for dinner, and they invite him in, which is important. But yes. they have a plan to do all this crazy stuff. They like throw holy water on him and like do other stuff to like try and out that he's a vampire, but it just looks like they're attacking him. They're having paschetti. Yeah. So she's like, what the heck are y'all doing? <laughs> like, do you want some Parmesan cheese? And it's garlic, but yeah. he likes garlic. I, like, I do like <laughs> I do like when they shut off the lights and then just put the mirror in front of him. Oh yeah, that was good. I do think it's interesting these vampires can eat garlic. Yeah, they I mentioned guess, I mean, a couple times that garlic's not actually a problem to them. Mm. That's like a weird choice that they wrote in because it's not like they showed them like they're not Italian. They didn't, right. <laughs> like, and Max is like, if a vampire invites another vampire, it's all good. So. He like sweet talks Michael. He's like, "Well, you're the man of the house. I'm not coming in till you invite me." But it's Grandpa's house. Damn it! Oh yeah, true. <laughs> but Grandpa doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, he's Grandpa. He's going on a date with widows. He's busy. <laughs> and using Windex as aftershave. That part hurts me. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh God. Ow. It can't. It can't be good for you. No, definitely not. Don't do that. Don't. Okay, listeners, don't rub Windex on your face. The more you know. That's the PSA of the day. The boys are convinced that Max is not the lead vampire, so then they gotta find their nest so they can go kill the actual lead. Oh, I forgot Lonnie was a character. Or Laddie. There's Laddie. A, there's, a small, there's a small vampire named Laddie who we see as a missing child because he's, he's on the back of a milk carton. Yep. And... Star loves him like a little brother. She does. It's really sweet. She's like, you got to help me and you got to help him. Mm hmm. Because I can't I can't imagine trying to watch that little guy do a murder. No, that would not. That would not be great. No, it would not be great. So they go back to the hotel during the day. They steal grandpa's uh, jalopy or his. I don't even know what kind of it's a, it's a very nice car. Mm-hmm. But the but the horn is La Cucaracha, so every time <laughs> every time they honk it, it plays the song. It's so funny. In, in horn form. So they show up, and Star and Laddie are sleeping in the car, because it's the daytime. And Mike is also passed out in the car, because he's a sleepy boy. I guess the, just the more, the closer you get to becoming vampire, the more sleepy you get during the day. Yeah, the more vampire you are. Yes, they're not they're not burning yet, which is a good thing. True. So they go in and start looking for the vampires and have trouble finding them until they realize that the whole thing is like a nest. And then they like push away some some brush and find them hanging from the ceilings because they're not going to be sleeping in a coffin. That would be ridiculous. Then it gets all murdery. Yes, they (laughs) they kill my poor boy, uh, Bill S. Preston. (laughs) they're like how do we know which one's the leader it's like we don't well then i guess we gotta kill them all and then they they literally say like let's start with the little one like i don't think it's gonna be him guys why would it be him y'all are just real eager to do a murder huh they just want to murder vampires yes and so they do murder him and blood gets everywhere and the other vampires wake up and David gets very scary. I think that's the first time we like see the the full like makeup and prosthetics, right? Yeah, I think so. Because they've got like extra ridges on their faces and the fangs and these like yellow red contacts that are super creepy. It's so good. I really like it. I couldn't find anything about the makeup was like all done by one one person, I think, because I remember seeing it in the credits, but I, I can't like find that person's name. Hmm. It was very good. Yes. They they fail to kill all of the vampires because David like almost gets them and then they set his arm on fire 
uh, and he cries, which I think is just supposed to like make you feel sympathy for him because like he is he is young still. Yeah, and somebody turned him into a vampire. He's probably in over his head, but he still feels pain. So we're supposed to feel bad for him. So because they fucked up their plan, <laughs> they've got to get ready because they're probably going to get hunted that night. They prepare, they like steal a bunch of holy water from the church. It's really funny. <laughs> they just like walk so into the church too. with like canteens and water bottles and just start filling them up with holy water. And it's like, look, 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 look. and meanwhile, they're like doing a baptism. So you can just like see the people staring at them. Mom mom decides to go on one last date with Max, even though they're 0 for 2. Bad idea, bad idea. And he even says, like, oh, we, we don't have a great track record, huh? And she's like, no, but then they do a kiss and it's weird. And It's very weird. I don't know, she deserves happiness too, but not that guy, please. Not that guy. I do, he does. <laughs> the part where where he's like, I know what's going on. And the audience is like, oh, no, he knows they're trying to figure out that he's a vampire. And he's like, I'm not trying to replace your dad, Sam. I just want to be <laughs> your friend. Yeah, like that, it's weird. That feels worse somehow. It does. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, and then they lie to grandpa and tell him that he has another date. Although he probably like would have been pretty useful in that tussle, huh? In the yeah. upcoming fight. He, like, we get hints of him, like, doing extra weird stuff. And around this time, he has set up, like, these giant log stakes, like, outside of the property without prompt, it seems like. Yeah. But they're like, nah, you've got a date. Don't be late. And he's like, okay. <laughs> uh, there's that one part after after Michael <laughs> and Star have sex where Michael comes back super, super late in the day and he yells at his mom and then he walks in and the grandpa goes, looks like I wasn't the only one who got lucky last night. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, what a weirdo. He's so good. I have no idea what else he's been in, but I, uh, I, I wish him nothing but the best. So, yeah, they have fully decked out the house. Uh, and they are ready to fight the vampires. They've got their crossbows. They've filled the tub with holy water. Also got their water guns. And they are super, super ready. And the night falls. And the vampires, they ambush. The first one dies by... Uh, he's like gets into a fight with the Frog Brothers upstairs. Because they decide to Scooby-Doo it and like split up for some reason. Yeah, it's a bathtub full of holy water and garlic. Yes, he's not really like fighting. He's just like hissing and like occasionally swiping at them with his yeah. long fingernails and laughing. And then he's like, you're gonna die. And they scream because the Frog Brothers aren't really that tough. They're just a bunch of chickens. And then Nanook saves, <laughs> saves them by killing Paul and dunking him in the tub. He's a good boy. Yes, and he straight up dissolves. It's, it's a gnarly effect. We I see love his, like, that scene. His little skeleton skull. That feels very Gremlins to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so cool. The vampire deaths are... I don't know why they cause everything else to go wild. Like, as soon as he's dead, <laughs> the bathroom turns into, like, that one scene from It where, like, everything just explodes with yeah, blood. there's blood coming out of all the pipes. All I can assume is he was, like... Because they're, like, immortal, so maybe some... I don't know. I get it's It probably ties into, like, that like catholicism like christianity stuff yeah. you were talking about like that's yeah. gotta be if they have made a deal with the devil or whatever mm -hmm. like that's that's showing up here during their deaths definitely sam is attacked by by Dwayne, everybody's favorite vampire Dwayne. Dwayne is the worst <laughs> vampire name. Why is his name Dwayne? His death is also his death is cool, but leading up to it is lame because like Sam shoots an arrow at him and it is like the <laughs> slowest arrow ever. <laughs> and instead of just like piercing him and like him shrugging it off or whatever, it sends him like flying backwards, like 10 feet into the stereo. So it starts like electrocuting him and playing music before he explodes. It's wild. It's really good. The, the kills here are just so good. Yeah. 
And then it's time for boy fight round two. We got Michael versus David. And they're doing the they're doing the thing. I didn't realize that it was that that was a reference in what we do in the shadows until like this watch where they're just like yeah, flying at each other hissing. Yeah, exactly. Like I had, I didn't realize and I was like, oh, oh my God. Which, which like I, I know the Marvel movies get a lot of flack for like these superpowered individuals end up just punching each other like over and over again. But, but like that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. That doesn't happen. They're just like holding hands and like talking yeah. shit. <laughs> tried to make you immortal. You tried to make me a killer! <laughs> you are a killer. And then he proves him right because he just like scoops him up and like body slams him into into Grandpa's like spare set of antlers that he has on. Them. It's like a Texas chainsaw level, like, like taxidermy shop with all these animal body parts and skeletons. Perfect for a vampire murder. And then we get uh, Cry Little Sister one more time uh, as a a beacon (laughs) from the heavens lights up on David and he's crying again. But Michael doesn't transform back. So Star runs up and he doesn't want to be seen because he's got the scary vampire face. He's like, I'm the vampire now. And they're like, it didn't work. Uh, but then Lucy gets back with Max and they're like, oh my God, what happened to the house? And Max walks over to David and touches his face, which is like clean shaven now. So we can really get a, an idea of how young this poor vampire was. And then Max starts monologuing. <laughs> he does a really long monologue. <laughs> He's just like, I'm so sorry about my boys. They've been misbehaving. He's like, I should have been better and more strict. They need a mother. That's how he reveals that he's a vampire, I guess. And that's when he's like, oh, they didn't work. Like your attempts to, to, to find me out didn't work before because Michael invited me, you dinguses. Yeah. Classic vampires. Yeah, he makes a really weird face when he shows off that he's a vampire. He like sticks out his tongue and is like, hey, and then Michael pops up out of the shadows and he's like, I didn't invite you this time. And then they start having a boy fight. They do a man fight. (laughs) A man fight. (laughs) It doesn't go over well. The mom is super not into it because why would she be? Yeah, she's like, excuse me. (laughs) She gets pulled in by Max and he's going to like bite her and turn her into a vampire. And then we hear the, the sounds, the sounds of La Cucaracha play one last time. So good. Grandpa just straight up crashes his, his truck through the house, destroying everything and like impaling him with one of the wooden fence posts that's just like still standing, uh, still sitting on like the bed of his truck, I guess. It like pins him into the fireplace and he explodes and then everything is fine. Michael and Star and Laddie transform back like almost immediately. It's such a good scene. Yeah. And they all have a hug except for Grandpa because he walks over the fridge not saying anything. And Lucy is like, hey, hey, dad, are you cool? He gets a root beer. (laughs) (laughs) And then he takes a, a, he takes his root beer and he has a sip and he says the best closing line in any movie ever. He says one thing about living in Santa Carla I never could stomach all the damn vampires. <laughs> he knew the whole time. Which is like, why did he not share that information, Grandpa? Yeah, you should tell people that. Like, they're like just going around town. They could end up getting booped. Yeah, I don't know. It is a good, it is like a very good plot twist. I don't know if he was just like a vampire hunter in his day or if he just like didn't interfere <laughs> like all those years. I have no clue. But yeah, it fades to black. It's and a good ending. Yes, it's so good. This movie kind of had a mixed like reception when it came out because a lot like uh, Twilight critics were like, it's just a teen bop like 
drama fest. Yeah, sexy vampires just being sexy. <laughs> but it has picked up in popularity over the years. Um, they made two direct sequels that I think were like straight to DVD, and they both have Corey Feldman in them. Yeah. In one of the movies, in the post credit scene, uh, Corey Haim shows up, and it is implied that uh, Sam becomes a vampire between the events of like the first and third movie or something, hinting that they were going to have a big fight. Uh, unfortunately, Corey Haim passed away like soon yeah. after that, I think. So they didn't they didn't get to do anything else with him for the series. Uh, and then it's kind of been in production now for like a very long time. The CW passed up on like a number of uh, pilot episodes and then it was delayed by COVID. And then they decided eh, we're just going to give it up because we've had this for so long and it's like not doing anything for us. I wish it would happen. Yeah, it sounds like we're going to get a reboot, like an actual movie. Which isn't, isn't too too surprising consider I mean I, if it, it if it was like a requel like our scream and stuff I would I would see that too. I hope they don't make it too edgy. Cuz like a lot of these reboots, requels like I like them but they're going the very edgy route like it was good like mm-hmm. it the clown movie but they got rid of the campiness. I did not like in part two. So I'm just always <laughs> scared that like the fun campy ones, they're just going to make like broody serious. And it's like, oh. mm-hmm. the TV show would have been produced by Rob Thomas, who did like Veronica Mars and I zombie. And yeah, like, that would have been all fun. Of, all of their drama fantasy shows. I love his yeah. like uh, friendship with the Matchbox 20 Rob Thomas. I think it's hilarious. Uh, I thought they were the same person. They're not the same person. There's an episode of <laughs> iZombie where they have Rob Thomas, the musician, perform. And, and he gets eaten. Funny. Yeah, it's very <laughs> funny. But yeah, they're not the same person. Yeah, I, I had no idea of that until like last year. And then I had to like sit and think about like the repercussions of that. <laughs> um, so we'll see. There was also like a like a six part comic series like retelling the the movie and then uh the frog brothers got like their own spin-off series for a little bit but yeah it's been like pretty dormant um as far as like public releases yeah i'm reading about the reboot because apparently there's people cast already oh i just want it to be like like i don't know i don't feel like it needs a reboot because you're not gonna be able to Mm -hmm. redo that like 80s I I just don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they would do it. At some point, like, throughout all the attempts to make sequels or, like, reboot it, like, various cast members have been like, yeah, I'd be interested, and then just, like, nothing really happens. Yeah. But I kind of, even if if a reboot movie ends up never happening, I think I'm okay with that, because this this movie feels like such a timestamp of... Like the time it was it was produced in. Exactly. I think like a cheesy, campy TV show would work best if they were going to do anything. I've, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not excited for a reboot. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, not this one. I don't think it needs it. Uh, yeah, that's The Lost Boys. I love this movie. Yes, me too. You should watch it. Everyone watch it. Yes. So good. Be, be gay, become vampire. You know, there's another beach movie we could watch that we'll hate and not suggest. We <laughs> can watch old. Called old. <laughs> I'm I'm literally considering like putting the call out on our Twitter or something and being like, "Who wants to come on and dunk on this movie with us?" Oh my god! It's gonna be so bad. I can't wait. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, and happy Pride Month! Oh happy my gosh, Pride Month. Cheerio agrees. Cheerio says happy Pride Month. Cheerio says trans rights. She does, of course she does. <laughs> we'll see you in the next episode for another fun summer themed something. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Okay, bye. Bye. You have been listening to Monster Masquerade. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know somewhere on the internet and consider sharing the show with a friend. If you have a suggestion or topic you'd like to see us discuss, hop on over to our Patreon to unlock exclusive bonus content and do just that. And we'd super appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It's the fastest way to help the show grow. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. (laughs) 